Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hour number two on Old School. Thank you, Coach Wilhite. Appreciate you for what you do. Jay Foreman, appreciate you holding it down. Partner, how you feeling? I'm doing all right, man. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm Black Steel, man. That's what they used to call me, man. I think the first first day or so I was Black Aluminum, but Black Steel, you know, it's, it's uh, on the mid, man. You know, it's, it's part of the deal. You know, you got a little bit of. Congestion going on, but I'm, I'm feeling good right now, though. So it's all to the good. Okay. Well, we appreciate you uh, standing up and making it happen. And of course, the folks have been busy on the Sarder Heyman text line, so we appreciate that. 402-464-5685, Sarder Heyman text line, and the Sarder Heyman live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter live. You can pay attention to what's happening, see what's going on in studio. You see the, the, the golden, goldeny face of, of, of Austin Orman. Uh, you can see, you know, Black Steel over there, Jay Foreman. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can see what's going on. Jay, let them know about the Mercado. Certified Piedmontese, special ingredients and butcher shop located at uh, 84th and Havelock. Every type of meat, every type of cut. Hit us with the what's up, man. Let us know what's going on. Jay, yeah. where do you want to go with this? Oh, we, I mean, we uh, we touched on a, quite a few things, but I think it's uh, – I was going to obviously start off the top of the hour um, – you know, maybe continue a little bit of a spring, spring, uh, spring ball or winter conditioning talk, but then we're leading to the NBA. It's about to heat up now. You're starting to see some uh, the transfer. I call this is the uh, the buyout period, is the transfer portal period, as far as uh, you know, it goes with the NBA players. And so I think it's a, you know good to talk about that because obviously Husker football has probably been talked about ad nauseum. There's not much going on except for a few videos and stuff like that. I know they had a commitment. From another young man in Texas, I think it's their first one in the 2024 class. Uh, Sarder uh, Heyman text line. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm sure they're excited about that. Um, yeah, Roger you know, the, Roger Gradney and yeah, and I mean I know the space he's in. Um, I know the folks that he's that he's played for. Uh, did a little did a little deep dive this morning to, to get some more information on him. So we're a little bit more informed about him. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, you know, look, it's a good opportunity for them, and uh, it's a good opportunity for the Nebraska team to, you know, get a guy that's right along in their uh, wheelhouse. And so, you know, we'll see how it works out. I think everybody right now is, you know, wait and see mode, and that's what you have to do. You got to accumulate as much as many athletes that you want. They seem to like. They seem to have an idea of what type of player that they like. They definitely put an emphasis on track speed. So uh, we could dive right into it. If you got any parents out there that. Uh, if you want to find a way to manufacture your kid to get a scholarship, get them on the track. Track is good for football athletes because they want to see speed. Speed is what is attractive to, to coaches these days. I think all kids should run track uh, because I think it's an individual sport. It'll help you get motivated individually. 
even if you don't run great times, if you're a good football player, it will make you faster. It will teach you how to run. It will keep you in shape and better yet, keep you out of trouble and will keep you focused. You will learn a lot about yourself. But if you do run good track times, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely people out there that are appeal, you know, that's appealing to it because they feel like that they're good enough coaches that they can teach you the game of football that will accentuate what you do on, uh, you know, potentially on the track field. So, or, or the, you know, track and field. So I think it's just, you know, part of the plan. They, they, they have been consistent on who they like, what they look for, where they go and who they, I guess, attack or offer right away. Uh, and so, you know, you got to give them, you got to give them credit for that. They have not changed. Um, like they're recruiting, you know, the way they went about it. I think one of the first recruits that they looked for when they came in here was uh, Jalen Lloyd, who I thought should have been offered by the previous staff. I think Mickey would have, if he would have stayed on as head coach, because uh, he's a phenomenal athlete, you know, both on the, in, in track, obviously national champion in track, but to be able to play two positions or, you know, wide receiver and defensive back. So fluid, he's a power five division one player and he's competitive as all heck. Both of his parents were, were a heck of athletes. And his mom, I think is one of the, you know, top, you know, track, uh, track and field, you know, runners that ever, you know, step foot at the University of Nebraska. So, you know what he's made of and what, and what he uh, brings to the table. So I think that's a unique quality that they're looking for in guys and what they can do and, and how they can help the team. And so, um, you know, we'll see. I don't think this is a, you know, I don't think this is a, a painting that's done being painted. I think this is a canvas that they have some parts that they feel <clears throat> can dry, but I think it's going to be, you know, with dry erase marker or erasable marker for a while. And I think, you know, you know, this winter conditioning and you saw some, you know, obviously some people leave already winter conditioning, spring ball. You'll see some more transfer portal again, coming and going kind of settle in on what you got in that first year. Then they got to really hone in on what they need to do because ultimately when they get, when the season starts, they're at the expectations and their job is to do whatever they need to do to win games, period, point blank. And so right now is to get them in the best shape that they want them in possible to function at high, the, the highest level that they can in their practice element, in their practice structure, in their football element, in their football structure, and improve. Hopefully they've came in and looked at every single player and see what they, you know, did well, didn't do well, did set, you know, somewhat satisfactory or, you know, just average and where they can improve on, you know, or what, where, where they actually did what they did well on the field or in the, you know, their body types and what they need to get better at and have an individual plan for it and then go from there. And so, you know, time will tell. And, um, but, you know, like I said, I, I say it all the time about Fred Hoiberg and that basketball, t- basketball team for him to do a bout face, at the after year three and already have this about face probably in his back pocket because you start to sell you start i felt like you saw i saw it implemented towards the late you know quarter of the season the last quarter of the season go to trev have a plan go out there recruit to the plan execute the plan and the hardest part for coaches that when you're doing something different is live it and so that's that's what these guys are doing on a consistent basis, and that's where you got to give them, uh, you know, a lot of credit, you know, so far. Jay, what are they trying to accomplish 
with the the transition to speed first, right? Because that I mean that that seems to be the thing. We've heard that in other programs, right? But right. but we're we're still. While I personally agree with that, if you're talking high school, we're talking about the Big Ten, which is fat boy, fat neck, fat belly football. So uh, in theory, but DP man, this is what people don't understand: the Big Ten. It, it is neck and neck or just right below. If you talk to somebody, SEC is obviously, I think, you know, essentially since Ohio State hasn't been able to, you know, be successful at, at the level that you expect them to, right? They, right. They've kind of take. I, I'll say they've taken a step back from the physicality standpoint. Yeah. Well, actually, I wouldn't say that. I, I think they were plenty physical against Michigan this year. I think they were poorly coached on the back end this year. Okay. Poorly coached. And they were – they played poorly on the back end all year. Okay, so the Big Ten no longer is the Ron Danes and the big slow guys. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that people don't understand about the Big Ten. And I saw this obviously when I was down there coaching. I, I knew it just because I watched football. I talked to people in the NFL realm. I talked to different coaches. I mean, it's you just run into people and you watch the game, right? And then, you know, if you want to watch the combine and all that stuff and you look at the rosters, there's a lot of Big Ten guys out there. You got big guys that are fast, quick, and strong as the little guys that are running these same times. And they're well-coached, not well-coached. They, they Well, they're well-coached. They, they have depth and they're physical. They're smart. And so now it becomes, now it's like a, a, a rugby scrum and see who's going to tap out first. Now, there's outliers to every, you know, conference, which is Ohio State is able to play any type of football that you want and really was able to be portable when Urban Meyer was there in the first couple of years of Ryan Ryan Day, which I think Ryan Day took over kind of the culture that Urban Meyer had and drove it, right? So now we're going to really see in these next two years what Ryan Day is about. Are you just an offensive guy that wants to go get a bunch of California kids and Florida kids? and throw the ball around and have some good offense linemen get drafted. But then when you play against Michigan or, you know, mess around and mess around at like Michigan state or Penn state, you get punched in the mouth and, you know, you guys go run and hide or, you, you know, or, or are you going to really bounce back and become defensive back? You like you should be, you know, they shouldn't be that bad on the back end with that talent. So, um, you know, they're the outlier. And, um, but, you know, I think they're, you know, what you have to be, wary of when you're doing it is and and you saw it i think early in you know frost's tenure where they thought that you could bring these little water bugs you know and you know the guy you know where they you know you might be 180 but you actually 168 right right and you and you think you and, and you rank six foot and you 510 you got a jay foreman out there and you coming across the middle you're gonna get your head split wide open and, and you know you know what i'm saying this ain't this ain't the this ain't the league for the faint and you got guys that are really good football players um that are well coached you gotta you know when you got teams like northwestern at that time that was able to go and play in a bowl game and, and beat a sec team or or like a purdue that's able to you know compete sometimes and you know get the you know get the perfect match for them you know that they they are well coached, and so you know that's what you have to do. And they're big, they're they're big, man. I'm telling you, there's some big guys that can run. They're physical, um, and so you know the speed is you need it. But then you got to know what to do with the speed. And and I think that I think what you're seeing here is they're looking to get it really explosive on the outside, right? Both on both sides of the ball, 
but then also be physical on the outside. I talked about this earlier. There's two ways to get physical, right? You're quick. Obviously, if we'd love to have the pipeline. We could just line up and just go straight ahead. Right. But until that gets there, both through culture and development and recruitment, and it doesn't happen overnight, right? That's why I think Donovan Donnie's back. The things that they were able to improve on when you really watch the tape could be, you know, is connected to him, right? And so you want to give much better so you can be effective running team. But if you want to get physical real quick, get bigger, faster, stronger, and meaner on the outside. That's the H-back position. That's the um, dual threat tight end. And what I mean by that, you're moving tight end, right? Your hybrid type of tight end. Um, and then out there as far as your slot slot receivers and, and your outside receivers, because that's how you can be extremely physical. And you can you can you can smoke screen your deficiencies at any position in your offensive line if you're really physical on the outside because you're able to run some sort of physical plays out there and you can overwhelm guys with size. You gotta think this young man that's coming in, he's six foot, what, two oh three, I think around there. So, you know, he's probably let's say 195 to 200. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big old kid in high school. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at him, you watch him, right? He's a perfect, he's a perfect for me, right? He, all of his highlights are from the return game, right? Yep. So that, what does that tell you? you now, so you got to start to think about the psychology about it. What's he's telling you? So no matter if he's playing 3A in Texas, which is probably equivalent to middle of the road, class A here, class A, your regular class A in Nebraska, right? You've seen that man take it to the house, punt returns, kick returns, and, 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 and you know, consistently two or three years. So now you have a guy that knows how to track the ball in the air. So what? So the first thing that jumps out to me is free safety, right? Why? Long strider, has decent change of direction. When he, when he played corner, he played kind of like he was in a safety position. He just kind of played a, like a soft corner shell corner over there, keep the ball in front of him. Well, think of Cam Chancellor, obviously, you know, not comparing him to Cam Chancellor, but I'm thinking about a Cam Chancellor, a guy like that that's played kind of that rover type of position, transition to safety, return skills, gets a pick, you're thinking returning, but then also you're thinking kickoff returner. He has no fear returning kickoff because that's all you see on his highlights, house calls, big returns, and – you see his long speed, right? So if you really want to focus on his two-track numbers that's out there, look at his 200 speed. Once he starts going, that long strides, he goes from the 40 to the goal line real quick. So you're just seeing uh, some things that they're trying to do, and, and that's what they're they're expecting everybody else to do is the standard that you have to get to. And, you know, I can't speak for Matt Rule, Um uh, I'm still waiting for them to, to come on and get the exclusive. I know he went on there with everybody else, the busting with the busting with the boys. So I say, you know, he can hang with the brothers. You know what I'm saying? I know he likes Mary Ellen, so we can go get some catfish. I'll bring my Louisiana hot sauce. We can get some greens. We can get them on here, and we can we can we can talk about it a little bit. But I can't speak for him. But when a coach says we have got to teach them how to win, right, and what is needed to win, that's the details. That's all they're talking about is the details. You know what the details are, DP? Tell me. Meeting starts at meeting starts at eight. You, I want you. Try, you don't be showing up at seven fifty nine and fifty nine. You know milliseconds. 
seven fifty five. When you when you have to be in a meeting, don't come in your street clothes. Get there early enough. Start to get hydrated. Have your Husker whatever it is on. You know whatever you know whatever the you know workout clothes are on. Pen, paper, mind right. Details. And guess what those details need to be be consistent and consistently done every single day. That's the way it's a way of life. Because then we're doing that. That's how you're starting your day. You know, I think, you know, you, you know, uh, you know, I think I remember talking or remember seeing this naval officer talk about, you know, how to become successful. Start to do one thing every single day, making your bed mm-hmm. perfectly every day. That's what he's talking about. And that's and so that's what you that's how you become a winner. So it's not so he, he's teaching you how to win before the wins and losses because they feel I, I think they feel confident enough, and as they should, um, that they're able to get it out of these players. But we're going to see it's a tall task, man. It's 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 not going to be easy. It's not. I mean, because if I'm a coach in the West, I'm really seeing blood in the water right now. And so when you when you, you so you when you're backed into a double corner right now, and we, it's going to take a pretty big effort in in, in, a, in a unique mindset to to you know come out swinging, but then also win some of those fights. Jay, the big the big question is as you make all the changes, right? So new coaches in, old coaches out, which is a is a break, is a an actual break in progression. So the moment the old right. coaches have to leave stop their communications, which changes how the athletes who are preparing and training and trying to live and exist process, right? And then a new person is put in that space where they're both unfamiliar. The player is unfamiliar with what the coach, who the coach is, how they work, what the expectations are, and the coach doesn't know the players. They're really dealing right. with, with, with unknowns. How long will it take? I mean, all of this seems to be saying, hurry up and wait. Like nothing much is being done, and you're not going to know anything until mid March. When do when do we get to actually see something that allows us to know what's happening as a progression in the football program? Uh, well, I don't know how much access you know anybody will get. Um, so that's a hard question to like answer, you know. But I mean, you'll be able to see it. You know, you might see a little bit of change in body. You know, some guys' bodies. You know. Uh, Come spring, uh, which is obviously good. Um, you'll, you know, I'm sure they might have a couple open practices where you can kind of stay there for the first 10, 20 minutes, and everybody can draw conclusions who's out with this and all that, and you know, start the uh, avalanche from there, which is a bunch of unknowns and doesn't mean anything. But uh, I think you know the spring game will show you some. They say it's going to be a game. It'd be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I think the first year, the first year, I would make it as a competitive game as possible because you don't really have. I hate to say it, you don't have a lot of obligation to any of the players on the roster. I mean, you have free reign. You got a, a six, seven year contract, I think. Um, Nine million dollars a year. You got carte blanche. The runway for you is long, but then also the best way to build the team, the best way to set the foundation is that first year. I remember having this conversation with somebody. And I said, you need to make this first spring ball the hardest and most demanding they have ever had. And the question was, why? Because, and I told him, I said, because you will weed out the fakers and the real guys real quick. That's number one. Number two, you're setting a foundation. Number three, you are attempting to be physical. Number four, 
you can always back off or recalibrate. It's hard to go from soft to hard. I'm not even going to say that. People take that to it. Well, for some people, it's a little hard to do that. But no, well, I'll stay on task. Right. It's hard to go from <laughs> a real thorough type of – or from a real laissez-faire type of atmosphere to very strict. It's easier to go from strict to that you see a lot with Nick Saban where he's able to change the way he does his offense, right? If you look at Nick Saban, he had to come to terms. It can't be just line them up and pound you in the face. Now they got some read option and more explosive. But they haven't changed their identity, right? When they go into practice, they know nine on seven, inside, outside run, it's full go. And then everything else, you know, takes shape after that. But their foundation of what they've done was built all the way back when D'Amico Ryans was in his first class and one of the first players he coached. That's the foundational type of stuff that he started way back when they had Andre Smith, when they had a really good team. And then Utah came down and Urban Meyer and beat those guys in that, in that bowl game. Mm-hmm. What do you have to do? Recalibrate to get used to quickness. So you, but what was it? But what was the foundation? Big guys up front being physical, and then you kind of, you know, you know, uh, adjust it off of that. So you really don't know. And I, really, the only thing I would do if I, if it was me, you know, uh, you know, being a coach is I would really take as much time as possible. I know they got a ton of responsibilities, recruiting and all that stuff. But majority of my time right now, besides you know working in the classroom, if they're able to do it would be each week, especially say like I'm a linebacker coach, each week I would be meeting with the players individually as much as possible. And I would try to get every single player in my room, in my in my room, like throughout the week, and then do it every week. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So it's not like, okay, well, I meet with, D, you know, DP in week one, and then that's it. No, we're meeting week one week two, week three, week four, even if it's for five or 10 minutes, because what I'm trying to do is get to know you, you know, me find something about each other that can push each other or something that I can connect with you on. Because ultimately as a football coach, this it's a business, right? And you're trying to teach these guys about life and business, right? We've had some of these, you, you, you know, you had a head coach, he's fired. Defensive coordinator has been here forever. He's fired. Our interim head coach take the take the team by storm. He he doesn't get the job. New coach, new staff. In a matter of okay, let's just say it's six months, right? That's a lot of turnover, but that's the business of college football. So if you're talking about NIL and teaching them about the business of college football, then let's talk about the business of being a coach. So a coach is you're hired to get fired, and if either you're going to go somewhere else or you're going to get let go eventually, because the days of coaching somewhere twenty years is generally not going to happen. So then therefore what you can't expect as a coach that I'm only going to coach the guys that I recruit. I got, I, I recruited these guys by taking this job. So my job is to coach everybody and get to know them. And you can't coach them effectively. If I don't know what makes DP tick or what you, who you are as a person, I can't, you know what I'm saying? So if me and you are looking on this right on this screen right here, there's two, a coach has to coach us differently. Yeah. And so that's the that's the job of the coach, and that's what I would be doing, and it would not stop. Just it would be literally for the first two years. You know what I'm saying? My first two my first two off seasons because you'd have to, because it takes that long to break the ice. It does. Well, that's why I you know, and it's, it's a good pausing place. But 
that's my curiosity in this thing is I've, I've made a, a conscientious choice to just sit back and watch because we don't know enough to one to, to know what we're looking at because we haven't seen the real thing yet. And I don't think they know each other yet. So that's where it is for me. Um, I do want to, you know, we got, we got some news that Nate McMillan was fired out of Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get on that, man. I just seen that, man. I got to ask, I got to, I got to talk to, you know, for Derek, uh, I appreciate it, man. And, uh, yeah, I think Rule will go back in that portal and see what he can get, man. That portal is like a vortex. You know, the you know what the portal is, DP? Mm-hmm. I was watching, man. I, I was watching Tiger Woo, man, it, it, and it was like, it, you know, uh, I know these, they had all these golf channel, you know, all these, you know, advertising for new clubs. The the vortex is like a golfer going into a golf shop, always looking for the next club, but you still got to hit. You still got to swing the swing the club, though. <laughs> still got to do the work. You still got to yeah. do the work, man. We'll throw the break. More old school with Jay Foreman when we come back. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.